What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing with the course me, Thomas Brandon, and my man, Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going, brother? What is up? Oh, not much. Got a, got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, you know, big race this last weekend at Auto Club, which was an awesome race, and we'll get more into why it's a shame that it's going away. But uh yeah, a bunch of stuff to cover today. So are you are you ready? How was your weekend? It was it was good. Still got the computer gremlin sighting me. That kinda made my weekend kinda uh, but that is what it is. But other than that, it was pretty good. How was your weekend? It was uh busy. I've I worked all weekend. I that's just my life. I don't I don't know what else to do. I am looking forward to this weekend. This weekend is um, I'm like really excited about this weekend because this weekend I'm not going to have to work. Um, we got kind of an off week, you know, in the sim world going into week 13. So I've only got like a couple of couple of things to take care of in terms of, you know, the, the school sim racing business. And then that's pretty much it, man. So. No, nothing happening with the glass business on the weekend, which is awesome. And so, yeah, I'll actually be up. My my son's going to go over to his friends on Sunday. And so, yeah, I'll actually be able to have like a, a half a day where I can just relax and do nothing, which is awesome because I haven't had one of those and I couldn't even tell you the last time. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> really looking forward to it. So, all right. Well. We got a couple things we got to cover. Uh, we got hit or miss today. We got a handful of topics. They're mostly NASCAR stuff that we got to dive into. But before we do that, I want to get into something that I saw in regards to F1. Now, those of you guys who follow Formula One, you know, we just wrapped up the three days of testing that they had, and we've got what is it? Bahrain, I believe. Yeah, Bahrain. First, so tomorrow is the first day of practice is when we finally get to really see how these cars are going to be. And in testing, McLaren had some real issues. And they basically came out and they said, hey, look, our car is not performing where we want it to aerodynamically. And for a team to come out and say that in testing is is pretty telling is pretty revealing now for those of you guys who don't know how the f1 world works you have to imagine right if you haven't watched f1 if you don't follow it even if you're you know you don't watch drive to survive or anything you have to imagine the world's worst poker players right all trying to keep their poker face on all of them you know are full of crap and that they're telling you, you know, a bunch of BS, right? And you know, just by listening to them, you're like, yeah, these guys are holding back. Yeah, these guys are faster than we thought, you know, that type of thing. They all do it. They're all guilty of it. They might go out, you know, like Red Bull, go out, turn a couple of really fast laps and just show like, yep, yeah, we're still we're still the, the team to beat. You guys just, you know, putting you on blast. Be prepared. But for the most part, they're they're not going to go out and, and show their hand, right? They're not going to, you know, testing is really more of for reliability, getting the drivers just kind of, you know, back into the swing of things in the car, that type of deal. 
And for McLaren to come out and say, look, man, we are way off on our aerodynamics. Our car is nowhere where we need it to be. And we don't see it getting better for the first, you know, half of the season is very telling. And I thought this was really interesting because when I started watching the testing, I had just finished watching season five of Drive to Survive. Now, we've talked about this on the show before. What a big fan of that show I am. There's a, a the you can directly correlate the growth, the American growth of Formula One to the show Drive to Survive. Okay. There are a ton of people who are actually just fans of the show. They don't even watch the actual racing. They just watch the show. Like that's how much they love it. Okay. Now I actually the other way, I like watching the racing and and watching the entire season and then going back and watching the uh drive to survive because I like to see what storylines they kind of pulled out of it and, and how they put it together. I'm kind of a marketing video geek like I geek out on that stuff so I think that's really cool and this year when I watched it because I basically did what most people do on Netflix I binged watched it all in like two days I was really turned off by the head of McLaren this last season and keep in mind I was kind of turned off by him before last year if you remember there was a lot of stuff that was coming out about Daniel Ricciardo and his he wasn't performing well and McLaren was trying to get Oscar Piastri and Piastri was with Alpine, but he didn't have a contract to drive for Alpine in Formula One. It was this big old, you know, just big cluster that happened and Piastri ended up with McLaren. And during this time in Drive to Survive, Zach Brown, who's like the, the CEO of McLaren, the dude, I did not like that guy this season. I really did not. And the reason I didn't is he felt like he was trying to be something that he's not. We've seen this happen with other reality shows before, right? And it does not matter what type of reality TV show you're talking about, okay? You could be talking about them guys who are, you know, looking for gold in Alaska to, you know, I don't, crab fishermen, right? There's always somebody couple people, whatever, that become these stars on the reality TV show, or they try to become these stars, right? And the show becomes more important than the job that they're actually being filmed doing. That's how I feel Zach Brown is now. And for all the changes we've seen at McLaren, the one constant is that they are not improving. And the constant in terms of the management is him. I have a feeling that he seems to be more of a problem than the people that he has underneath him. Uh, the guy felt like he was trying to be a wannabe Christian Horner, right? Like that's just how he came across to me. And for all the stuff that he talks about and wanting to do, we're not seeing the improvements on the track. And McLaren, you got to understand, this is a historic name in Formula One, okay? And McLaren is not like a Williams, okay? You know, when Frank Williams started his dream F1 team, he was always considered an independent underdog, even though they were 
dominating for years, right? I mean, you're talking about winning championships, having some of the greatest drivers of all time, right? Whether it's Prost, Senna, right? You name it. They've had some of the best drivers of all time and they really have fallen off. And now they're no longer this family run, you know, underdog. They've been taken over by this conglomerate and they're trying to bring them back up. But Williams always had that small feel. McLaren has never been that. All right. McLaren is, you know, like one step below Ferrari. Okay. The McLaren has had some of the, once again, some of the greatest names in all of Formula One who've not only driven for them, but have dominated for them. They have had some of the most dominant seasons ever. Arton Senna might have had his greatest season of all time with McLaren, right? The car was so good and he was so good that the next year, they were out winning races with the previous year's car, right? You could not do that today, but they were doing that back then. That's how dominant McLaren was, right? You talk about James Hunt with his magical season that he had when he battled Nicky Lotta and Ferrari. You talk about Nicky Lotta coming to McLaren and winning a championship, right? The Like the only driver to ever win for both Ferrari and McLaren, okay? Like Big, big deal. This is a historic team, and they have not just fallen off. They have fallen off hard and they are not getting better and for them to come out in testing and be like dude we're off and we don't see it getting any better you have to start really considering what is the cause of this and what is holding this company back this this just massive behemoth in terms of motor racing back because they're doing well in other in other aspects of racing right Right, IndyCar side, they do well. You know, you start looking at all these different types of racing that they do. They're doing well. It's the the F1 side seems to be a real problem, and you have to start wondering why. Right, you cannot look at them and you can't say, "Oh, well, our drivers aren't good." Right, say what you want about Daniel Ricciardo. The guy is a multi-time winner. All right, the dude has talent. The dude can drive. And yes, Piastri might be the next big shiny toy coming up, but he's not doing any better, you know what I mean? And it doesn't look like he's going to be doing any better, right? You see where they're at with the car now, and it's like, uh, they're actually not better than they were last year. They're looking worse. So what is the big problem? Is it, is it a lack of resources, right? Well, it shouldn't be. They've got enough money to fulfill the budget cap. Right, they can go right up to the limit on the budget cap. Is it R and D? Like, what is the issue? I wouldn't think it's R and D, right? McLaren. I mean, their street cars are damn near space age, right? They're like one step below George Jetson's flying automobile. You know what I mean? Like, that's where they're at. So, what's the problem? Because they've overturned a ton of people on the actual team side, whether it's the new team principles, right? Whether it's engineers, mechanics, whatever it is. And the one constant is Zach Brown. And to me, he seems to be the anchor around the neck of McLaren. And we'll have to wait and see if I'm right or if I'm wrong. And only time will tell. All right, everybody. So it is now time for our favorite portion of the show, Hit or Miss. Uh, Keith, we got one, two, four, five topics on hit or miss. So are you ready? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So first up, 
after his incredible performance at California this last week, Kyle Busch will win at least five races this season. Hit or miss the mark? Oh, um, I think it hits the mark. I I, I, th- I could see him winning five races because if you look back at when Tyler Reddick was in that car, mm-hmm. they, they had the speed to win five races. They threw five races away. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. They were, they and, were and, fast last last year. And this ain't no knock to Tyler Reddick, but you're you're going from a B driver to an A driver. Yes. And that A driver brought a lot of the 18 pit crew with him. So, yeah, I, I could see that happening. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Kyle Busch will win at least five races this year. Um, You're right. You know, Tyler. Now, look, Tyler Reddick is still very young, and he could absolutely end up being an A-plus driver in his career. I think Denny Hamlin sees that, and I think that's why Denny Hamlin wanted him so bad. But you are 100% correct. Uh, at this point right now, there's nobody, right, with an unbiased opinion that's going to say that Tyler Reddick is a better driver than Kyle Busch at this point. There's there's nobody. And Kyle Busch, you know, had a very hard season last season. He's come into RCR. They were, you know, the eight car last year, there was a half a dozen races that they could have won where, you know, whether something happened or wreck, something stupid, right? I mean, just whatever. They won three with Tyler Reddick last year, and they lost probably three or four. So I could definitely see them winning at least five races. Um, that crew chief, I can't remember his name, but he, yep, you know he is he's definitely on 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 it. Um, all of the Chevy motors seem to be fast, but RCR seems to be even a a step ab- above, you know. And Kyle Busch is incredible, you know, dude. Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson said it best. They're like, why are you guys shocked? He's one of the best to ever do it. Like, it should, should not be a surprise to anybody to see him in victory lane. And it's not. Um, and I actually think to see them in victory lane that early uh, could be a very scary sign for the rest of the field. Just just to put it out there, I think... Uh... I think we're going to see Kyle Busch and Richard Childress do what Kevin Harvick and Stuart Haas did in his first year with that team. I it it would not it, surprise me. No, and it wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, I mean Kyle's just that good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That team is going to progressively get better. Yeah, and if and if I'm Austin Dillon, I'm taking notes. I'm watching. I'm well, he should be. He and he very he really should. Yeah. He should have been when Kevin Harvick was there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I uh, I like the position they're in right now. I think Richard Childress has also got some, you know, redemption on his mind. You know, a lot of people were were kind of counting RCR out as a as a you know a second rate team, and I so I think they both sides have got a lot to prove, and they they're off to a quick start. So gonna be uh gonna be fun to see how many they can pop off man uh this this season so next one nascar rolling out a new rules package for the short tracks and the road courses with the exception of bristol and dover so this package will not be at bristol and dover they're gonna be basically removing some stuff i don't want to get super technical into it but they're they're gonna be 
taking stuff off the diffuser, the strakes. They're going to be cutting this the rear spoiler in half. They're going to be removing part of the front air dam. And so they're essentially going to be decreasing the downforce by 30%. Okay. So this new package will improve the racing at the short tracks and road courses. Keith hit or missed the mark. I'm going to have to say it. It hits the mark for them making a change. And I'm going to say it misses the mark till we see it in action, in a full field, in a full race. And if it works out great, then it hits the mark fully. But if it doesn't and the racing is just as bad, if not worse, than last year, then it, mm -hmm. it's going to have to miss the mark. I'm, I'm kind of split. I, I love that they made the change. I wish they would have allowed the teams, all the teams, to try it. I know yes. they probably tested it. At Phoenix when they were there, I can't I can't really remember. No, they did. They tested three different packages. Uh, the third package is what they landed on, and that was the one from the drivers that seemed the best. Uh, Logano okay. was saying that he liked it. Uh, Christopher Bell really liked it. Um, and they talked about, you know, the, the lack of downforce, you know, the cars moved around more. They had to, they had to move around on the track more. They had to, you know, look for different lines. Um, so that's a, that's, that's huge. It's that's really very important. Big. Yeah. So I'll give 50, 50 on it. I'm, I'm in between. I want to see it first before I put a full judgment out. Yes. I want to see it first too, but I do think it's going to improve the racing because the short tracks last year were horrible. And I don't know if you could make it any worse, to be honest with you. Like it almost has to improve. Yes. I would love to see more horsepower and all that stuff that we've talked about, but I like this, this option from NASCAR because what they're doing is they're essentially just removing stuff, right? The teams aren't going to have to invest more money they're just taking stuff off these are things that can easily be taken off not going to cost a ton of money to fix or to or to change right it's not like all right we got to go from 670 horsepower to 800 yes we as fans would love to see that but there's a oh, cost yeah. that's involved with that for the race teams right so for them to just cut the downforce by 30 percent, which is a ton that's a that's such a drastic drop in downforce even at a short track and a road course i think it's going to be really interesting now is it going to eliminate shifting probably not you know what i mean but is it going to make it to where guys can just mess up and then recover from it quickly and stuff like that i'm i'm hoping so so i do think it'll be better because the bar was set so low last year um, but obviously we won't know for sure until we get to Phoenix, which is the first, first, uh, short track on the, on the schedule in two weeks. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to Phoenix and I, I'm not a big fan of Phoenix, so I'm excited no. about it for the first time in a while. I liked, I liked the old Phoenix before they started moving everything around and made yeah. the backstretch and, this stupid open dog leg crap yeah. where they're cutting through the, I, I absolutely hate that shit. It's like why? Uh, why draw the line? Why not just yeah, make why, that why part of the track? You know what I mean? It's so stupid. I hate that I, crap. I miss when they had the grass back there. 
Me too, man. Me too. I loved that version of Phoenix. Now, you know? now we got all the young guys or young kids guys listening to this. Like they had grass on the back straight away. Yeah, they don't even remember. Yeah, I remember going to the Copper World Classic there and watching the midgets run the old Phoenix layout back in the early 2000s, watching Tony Stewart win. And yeah. that track, I loved that version of the track because the version I they have now of it, I I, I can't stand it. It's terrible. Yeah, I don't like it. It's not enjoyable. It don't yeah. put on a great race. Now, when it was new, when they first unveiled it the way with the mm -hmm. open dog leg, it's like, all right, yeah, that's cool. And after the first couple of races, like, it's just kind of fucking boring, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's four wide through the through the dog leg, and then everyone's trying to funnel into to line here into turn one. Was and, it uh, was it Brian Vickers that wrecked half the field the first year of it? Probably. It might have still been grass then. Probably. I, I don't know. Remember. I remember watching Kyle Busch literally run the apron like three laps straight because he could not get back on the track because of the cars outside of him. You know what I mean? It's like once you got yeah. down there, you're like, okay, well, I'm stuck down here. So, so yeah, hopefully it'll improve. It'll improve that because, you know, I don't, that type of racing, I just, yeah, I'm not a fan of. No, I'm, right. not, I'm not a fan of it either. I'm not a fan of it on iRacing. No, me neither. Me neither. I don't even like it on the sim. No, so. I hate it. <laughs> All right, moving on. Next one. Although Tyler Reddick is literally last in points, folks, he is last in points. He is behind Travis Pastrana and Jimmy Johnson. I, that's think about that statement. Although he is last in points currently, Reddick will be a multi-race winner this season. Hit or miss the mark? Uh, I think it. I think for now it hits the mark. Uh, he proved last year that he was a front runner. He, he had what it took to run in the top five to, to race for wins. He also has what it takes to throw wins away. Yes. Um, I wouldn't panic now. If, you, if you're a Tyler Reddick fan, it's too early to panic. Yeah, he's getting beat by Cody Ware. Nobody wants to get beat by Cody Ware. But we're two races in. Mm -hmm. He's with a new team. So it's going to take him a little bit. But I, I think it'll, in time, he'll be, he'll be right where they need to be and I, I could see them winning two to three races. Him and Bubba Wallace both, really. Yeah, I could see him and Bubba Wallace both winning at least two races this season. Um, I think I do think Bubba's gonna gonna be a multi race winner this year. Um, you know, he seems to do really good on the restrictor plates and also the the mile and a half tracks he's done well at. So so yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I think Reddick will obviously find his way out of this funk i mean they've just had some really bad luck wrong place wrong time it hasn't been you know too much of his own i mean obviously he did make some mistakes but you know overall it's just it's not like he's just sucking and he's he's running around and last so i do think they'll they'll get it figured out um he's with a obviously a very good team that that won races last year so yeah i'm with you I think it hits the mark. So, next up. Trackhouse Motorsports has... They've been the most consistent so far to start the season. Obviously, we're only two races in. But, being that last season is not a fluke, both Suarez and Trastain will win multiple races this season hit or miss the mark i think it hits the mark and 
And I think both Daniel and Ross proved that they're that they can be players. They they can be the guys. Um, Trackhouse took everybody by storm last year. I don't think anybody intended on them being as good as they were, and they came out strong. And they started where they left off this year. They've came out swinging, and I love it. I, I love everything about Trackhouse. Um, was I a big Daniel Suarez fan? Not really, but over time, he has grown on me. Um, when he went to Stuart Haas, I thought that was going to be his first big chance, and then they kind of were like, ah, we're going to kick you to the curb, unfortunately, and then he kind of goes to Trackhouse, and the first year, they they ran... They ran okay. They had their moments, and then when Ross came over in the new car, it just—I hate to say it—but Ross elevated Trackhouse. Yes. And and I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't think anybody ever seen Ross coming in to elevate a team, and he did. Yes. He proved Kevin Harvick wrong about his comments he made at Darlington, and I'm sure he's eating crow right now. Yep. Yeah, I I think it hits the mark. I do think track houses, both drivers are going to win multiple races. Um, I am a Suarez fan. I think Daniel Suarez is an just absolute dead on example of it doesn't matter how talented you are, or how good you are, if you are not in the right situation, or if you know what I mean, if you're if you're if you're put into something bad or rushed or whatever that circumstance can have an absolute effect on your overall trajectory. And we see this all the time in every sport, right? You can look at quarterbacks in the NFL, you know what I mean? And you can sit there and you can say, Hey, look, would, you know, Peyton Manning have been Peyton Manning if he didn't go to the Colts? Well, probably we're talking about one of the greatest of all time. Right. But does that mean that, you know, Every quarterback, right, would be good or bad based on their situation. You can look at someone like, you know, Mark Sanchez. Would he have been better if he hadn't gone to the Jets? I don't know. We know that that situation sucked, but we don't know for sure because that his situation was a situation. Suarez is the same thing. The guy came up. He was, you know, obviously great success in the Xfinity series. He comes up and doesn't do much right and he gets moved you know from he obviously got rushed to gibbs didn't work goes to Stuart haas didn't work and now with track house last year he finally gets his first win which was incredible he had some really good races showed really good speed i think if he can eliminate the mistakes um i can see him winning a couple of races obviously ross so far ross has been you know uh lights out yeah, you know, I thought I thought Chastain was actually going to get the win at California. Um, it just so happened that the eight car got better as the race went on, and Kyle Busch is Kyle Busch. So, I absolutely see both of them um, getting multiple wins this season. And, and 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 they're a team, both of them, that I wouldn't count out. And, no, and I agree with what you said. Uh, I think we both agreed on it last week. Daniel was rushed mm-hmm. up through the Gibbs program unexpectedly and then i'm going to use the terminology of stuart hosh used him as a bridge guy waiting on kurt mm-hmm. i don't think they ever intended on him staying there long plant long term yeah i don't think he he himself knew that he was going to be there long term so in a sense why would tony and gene dump a bunch of money in a guy 
in that program knowing we have a year. They yeah, exactly. A year. I think it was Kurt. It might have been, might have been Clint. One of the two. Yeah. Um, knowing that he's only going to be here for a year, why, why give him a stuff when we can give Kevin a stuff or or the other two a stuff? So yeah, it may not make sense, but I I think I think that's what happened. Yeah, he seemed like a bridge quarterback. That's what he felt like. Yeah, so. that's exactly what it was. Yeah. I mean, that's what it seemed like. Even even through the season, you, you'd hear him guys being on the hot seat in yep. silly season, and he was never really out of the conversation the whole season. Yep. So, yeah, hopefully it doesn't I, help that he struggled. No, it doesn't. It doesn't help. Yes, and let's let's make that clear too. He's he's had his struggles. It's not like he's been, you know, But this, that's part of being rushed. It is. It is part of being rushed, you know. It's so different. Watch how watch look at the season that Noah Gregson and Ty Gibbs have this year, right? You're talking about two of the hottest prospects to come up into cup racing in a very long time. And you're going to see what they deal with this year, right? So imagine yeah, them being rushed two years ahead of schedule. <laughs> you know what it, I mean? Like, that's just huge. And I think, I think more so, see Ty Gibbs struggle because I think he's going to have the most pressure on him. Yes. And, and the best way to put it is like a Trey Lance situation. He was mm-hmm. rushed to start. Yep. And what happened? I mean, yep. yeah, granted, he got hurt, but he wasn't playing good before he got hurt. No, exactly. So, I right, mean, that's, you're that's given this championship winning car. Go out there and, and compete. Yeah. You know, you got to you got to crawl before you can walk and you definitely got to walk it, before you can run. And, and it's put up or shut up for both of them, all three of them. Yeah. But I think Daniel's in such a better place now. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think the win last year got a huge weight off his back. Once you get the first, it's much easier to get the second. And I, I think it I think it helps that Justin Marks was all in on Daniel. Yes, Not he is. Justin Marks, but Pitbull both. Yep. Yep. They are. So yeah, I'm with you. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the to watching track house this year. That was one They're of the, the new biggest, powerhouse. Yeah, I'm that calling was one it of, now. one of the big things that I was really excited about this year. So all right, last topic we got here, and it was after what is the last race at California, at least with the current configuration. If you guys are not here, they sold off 78% of the land or something like that. Um, they did it for a half a billion dollars. I don't fault anybody for wanting to do that for a half a billion dollars. I just think it sucks because we got this track that is awesome and these cars run really good at it's really good racing and yeah it's being changed so a post race survey showed that 91% of the viewers thought the race at California was great so being that 91 is not 100% the 9% that didn't like the race are just haters hit or miss the mark i think it hits the mark how could you not like it I dude, that's one of the best races I've seen in a long time. That might have been yeah. the, I mean, that's probably top three best next gen races we've that we've seen. It really, it was that good. And and you could actually see the cars racing three, four, sometimes five wide. Yes, it was it was good competitive racing. There was multiple groups. Um, to, 
entire fall off was everything. It was a yeah. great race. And, and and here's what made it great for me. And, and this is just me. I mean, whether people agree or not, watching Kyle Busch get the speeding penalty, not panic, which was surprising. Yes. Not blow up on the radio, which was surprising. Go from the back to the front twice. Because mm-hmm. I think he started back here too. Yep. And get and the then win. to win the win the race. How ain't that a good race? Yeah. I'm confused what the other nine percent was watching. Yeah. Even, even the Xfinity race. Yeah. yeah. Even the Xfinity race the follow that night. Yeah. Was probably one of the better Xfinity races mm-hmm. I've seen. Yeah. Yep. California has finally reached. You know that. To me, it's it's kind of the perfect. Um, period you know we're at we're at that same period with vegas right now where you've got a track that's got you know 15 20 years on it right it's it's worn out it's bumpy it's wide and it's fast and it with these cars that just seems to be what they really yeah. really like i i'd prefer them to stay at sh- freaking auto club and start yes. the damn season there Yes. Make that the Daytona 500 because yes. that racetrack's just awesome. Yes, it is. And it's a shame that it's going away um, because now literally the only track that we have similar to that is Michigan. You know, that's, and, that's and it. And how long will it be till they say, well, we're going to scrap Michigan now? Yeah. I yep. mean, it, it's just a big unknown. Unfortunately, today's world money talks. And, and I don't fault NASCAR for taking a half a billion. Me neither. But seeing the plans that they're going to make it a Martinsville just longer and a little more banking is kind of bland in my eyes. Yeah. Not when, not when they sold out the freaking track this past weekend. Yeah. Like that can't sit easy with most people. I know the drivers hate it. Yep. And, yep. And, I and, I do. <laughs> yeah. And I do. And I'm not even from California. I just, I love watching the racing there, even from, the early 2000s on. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's put on some of the best races ever. Yep. It really has. It really has. So, yeah. I'm with you. I think it hits the mark. Uh, the the uh, 9% are just, they either, you either hate Kyle Bush or you just have no lie you just want to complain (laughs) about something that to me that's 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 all it is because yeah i don't know how you could have watched that if you are if you are a racing fan i don't know how you could have watched that and not enjoyed it because it was it was amazing yeah like uh, i'm just i'm confused by what the hell they were watching yeah they must have had a blindfold on because i sat and actually watched the whole race and was like okay this is really good Yes, this is what we were hoping for with this car. Yep, and I even even went back later that night at work and watched the highlights because I thought it was that good. Yeah, it was. You just get all kinds of different aspects of of the racing. The the track's real rough. You get Mm -hmm. to physically see the cars move around because of the bumps and and the spray from all the dirt. I mean, it it was just incredible. It was a really good race. What other racetrack can you go to? And watch the cars barrel off into turn one and turn three at 195 miles an hour, almost yeah. 200. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, it's a it's a shame it's going away. But yeah, the, the you nine percent, you're you you need to Dumb. find some joy in your life because <laughs> yeah. obviously you got something going on. So 
But all right, that's going to do it for Hit or Miss. Uh, we'll be right back. And when we come back, we've got our NASCAR pick'em results plus our picks for Las Vegas this week. So don't go nowhere. All right, so now it is time for our NASCAR pick'em. So last week, we had our picks. And Keith, you picked? Wrecked. Wrecked Ryan Priest. That's right. <laughs> I picked Kevin Harvick. Harvick obviously finished ahead of Priest. And so last week I got the 10 points. You got the five. Um, obviously my driver did not win. So this week we are going to Las Vegas. So Keith, let's see. Uh, oh, I won this last week. So I get to pick. Yeah, first. So you get to go first. I get to go first. So Damn I've it. already got my driver decided um, for this week. And I am going with the watermelon farmer. I'm going with Ross Chastain. I like it. That's a good pick. Yeah, he ran well there last year at Vegas. Um, he, he looked really yeah. good at California. I think Vegas is similar to California, except it's a mile and a half instead of two miles. So, yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, I think they race pretty similar, really. Yeah, they do. Got plenty of room to move around. You can run mm -hmm. the top, bottom, middle. Yep. apron if you want so that's who i've got who are you going to be picking uh he kind of stole mine which sucks You're but welcome. it's all right <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go with a guy that they call bubba wallace oh nice he was fast there last year probably should have won he was he won at a similar track. Uh, he won at Kansas. Kansas, which is very similar to Vegas. It's just not. It's, um, it's like Vegas, but not as bumpy. They won there with Kurt. Yep. So I, I think I think I think Bubba gets it done. I mean, that track just seems like it suits his style. It and does. That was a tough decision too, because I, I wanted to pick Kurt or Kyle. But I don't want to use him this soon and 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 not have enough tricks in my bag. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm, you know, next week I'm already trying to think about who I'm going to pick next week for Phoenix because with that reduced downforce, I'm like, dude, I need to pick a wheel man, you know, someone, someone who's got a lot of talent because I yeah, just I, uh, I probably should have saved my Ryan Priest for a short track, but I didn't. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. At least I'll get to see if I can go three for three for wrecked cars because yep. I think I picked Blaney for Daytona. He crashes. Priest, yep. he crashes. Bubba, don't freaking crash. <laughs> yeah, and you know, dude, my man Blaney, God, he had a nut. He was running up front last week, and he's had he, that guy cannot catch he's a, a break, magnet. Man. He is he a shit magnet. Yes, he cannot catch a break. That dude should have at least three or four wins over the last, you know year plus and has yeah. been wrecked and had just stupid stuff happen. I, if that guy can just get the, the curse off him, you know, uh, I think they would be a force to be reckoned with, man. It's just, it sucks because yeah, he was running up front and once again, dude just got bit and what he finished like 26th or 27th or something yeah, like something that. Like so, that. Uh, I'll tell you man. what, my uh my dark horse pick for the year is actually doing really good. If he could just stay consistent like this for the next twenty three weeks, he's in the playoffs. Who is old that? Corey, old Corey LaJoy. Yes, yeah. Corey he had LaJoy. himself a freaking run Sunday. I get that he got into Brad Keselowski, but yeah, he, I'm not he gonna blame that on him. Yeah, I'm not gonna that's blame racing. that. 
Yeah, I mean, they raced hard. Him and him and Keselowski went at it forever, mm-hmm. and he just lost the nose, slid up a little bit, got into him. Which happens and, in these cars. And then the Almondinger one, I'm I'm not really gonna fully place it on on LaJoy because they were three wide and Yeah. But man, that, that seven teams actually I yeah, I get I get it. Two weeks in. But usually No, when, but they look a lot better than they did last year. Yes, they did. And California is not a restrictor plate, man. You got to have and, power and handling there. And here's what really shocked me. Usually when you see cars like the seven team and, and the uh, Rick Ware guys, if somehow they start up front, mm-hmm. they're, they're losing spots quick, fast, in a hurry before they get to one. And he was holding his own. Yes, he I'm was. I'm watching him go forward and Kevin Harvick go backwards. I'm like, what in the hell's going on here? So yeah, no, Corey LaJoy had a he's had a good start to the year. I hope yeah. they can keep it up. And and from what it sounds, it sounds like they're getting a lot more sim time, which is great. Because the Chevy simulator is awesome when they allow the smaller guys to use it. Yes, absolutely. Yes. This isn't like me and you are sim. This is this is the actual <laughs> yeah, no, manufacturer this is a, sim. These are legit. Forty thousand dollar sim or more. Yes. yes, these are legit sims with with actual nascar data I mean, built into if, it yeah if we're using the sims we got then we're pros yeah there, there's some I, can, I can get out, go out there next <laughs> this weekend and win and win That's i'll just right. drive Bubba's car for him i racing has put me the way yep exactly <laughs> <laughs> so that is our nascar pick for this week so i've got ross chastain keith has got bubble wallace at vegas now really quick i've had a couple of you guys actually send me a message uh those of you guys in the sim community the ss our community have actually messaged me asking me what where is the nascar driver stock game um we did that last season so this season i didn't do it at the start of the year because i heard about these we we talked about the rule changes and stuff like that i wanted to wait a few races so what we're doing is is after phoenix we will do the nascar driver stock game again me and keith will four weeks that has two speedways a restrictor plate and a short track so that way we'll have some more data we can use that to gauge where the drivers are at and then we'll we'll pick our our nascar driver stock game so that's that's what the plan is for that but yeah i had a couple of people actually ask me like hey man what happened to the stock game that you had for the drivers that was cool and i was like well we're doing it just in another week or two so so yeah we'll be doing that i don't think we started the last the driver stock game at the first week last year either i think we waited a little bit just so that we, we no we did where everybody was we did so, because yeah. it was the new car we, yeah, we waited. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i think we waited till I, either after vegas or phoenix i can't yeah. remember mm-hmm. we waited a few weeks i mean we did and we will do it this year we'll use last the last few races of from last season we'll use part of that data when i when i do the numbers when i come up with the numbers but yeah we wanted to get a few races this season just because yeah so i know i know one thing it didn't prove that it proved that i'm a dummy when it comes to stocks well me too i, I <laughs> and i actually trade these damn things and make money off of it so obviously when it comes the... to driver stocks i am horrible at it it, it was Game one, Keith zero. Yeah. I had epic <laughs> fail. It was fun as hell, though. Yeah, it yeah, was a lot fun, of fun. But yeah, it was not not good. We were not, definitely won't be retiring off our NASCAR driver stocks. So anyways, we got our 
last segment of the today's show, which is going to be ask three wide. Now you can actually send me and Keith an email. You can ask us anything you want, whether it is a racing related topic like today's or a, I don't care, a life topic. We had somebody, what was it last week? Ask us for advice on starting a podcast. You know, not that me and Keith are experts on that subject, but we gave it nonetheless. So if you want to send us an email, it's ask three wide and that's ask the number three wide at gmail.com. And like I said, you can send us anything. And today's is from John and it piggybacks off of Kyle Bush's win. And he says, Tommy, Keith, do you think Kyle Bush is a top five driver all time? He's talking all time. So do you think Kyle Bush is a top five all time driver? Okay, Keith, I'll let you go first. Uh, how couldn't you? I, I, he was a top five driver three years ago, two years ago, four years ago. Um, I, I think when it's all said and done, he will be at the top of my list for sure. Um, he's just too damn good. Uh, I granted, yeah, last year did he did he have the year he wanted? No, but he also had the contracts stuff hanging over his head to worry about, and yes. I think that was really eating into him more than what he was wanting to show. Mm-hmm. Um. I think now that he's got a home for the next foreseeable future, I think we will see the old Kyle Busch back, the the five race win season Kyle Busch, um, the championship form Kyle Busch. So, yeah, he's in my top five. He's probably closer to my top two, honestly. I mean, how couldn't he be? He's won, what, 62 cup races, 200 total NASCAR races. So, yeah, he he's... He's definitely top five material, top two material. Hell, I'd even top one material. Yeah, see, I I will. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to say um, that he is top five all time right now, but it's also hard for me not to, to say he's not. And the reason why I say that is this. If you look at just where he's at right now and what he's accomplished, right? And we're just looking at the the numbers and what I've seen with my eyes. Like you said, it's very hard to to argue against that. Talent-wise, skill-wise, what he's accomplished, he's obviously one of the best drivers to ever do it. And when you look at what he did across the the when he was running truck Xfinity and Cup and you know what I mean, like it was incredible. The dude had a run like nobody else. And so because of that, you know, I can very easily sit there and make the argument that he is in that group. The problem is, is that when you start, you see this all the time in like the NBA or the NFL, they'll be like, this guy's a top five quarterback. Well, by the end of the week, they've named off a dozen people that they've called top five. Well, you can't have 10 guys who are top five. Top five is top five, right? So I've always kind of hesitated with the whole um you know top five right the mount rushmore i I know that that people love to do that and this guy's on my he's on my mount rushmore like i get it you know sometimes you need some talking points and that's a great one to do right but you know i i've always kind of looked at it in terms of like tears is Kyle Bush on that elite tier that top tier of the greatest to ever do it in my book yes because to me, you've got, you know, obviously Richard Petty, you know, you could go back into, you know, the 
into the the late histories, right? Right, the early NASCAR where you got Petty and Pearson and Waltrip and Allison and obviously Earnhardt, Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, right? Like there's there's seven guys right there. Tony Stewart, Kyle Busch. You know what I mean? Like there's nine, ten drivers right there. And if I said who's your top five out of those drivers, man, it's really hard to just pick five, right? What's the criteria? How are you going to determine who's better than than the other, right? Richard Petty had 200 wins. We can all sit there and say, look, man, those were before the modern era. He's part of the reason there is a modern era because of the, the car that he had. That's fine. But he, you, cannot, you cannot judge him against his era. That's the era that he was in, right? That's like saying that, you know, Michael Jordan would suck in today's basketball because they shoot more threes. No, Michael Jordan would probably have figured out to shoot more threes if he was playing today, right? I'm sh- pretty sure he would have figured it out. Just like I'm pretty sure if you took, you know, Giannis or Kevin Durant from today and put him in the NBA back in the 80s, they would have figured it out. They're that level of talent. I think Richard Petty, right? You don't get to 200 wins by a fluke. If he was racing today, he would be winning races and winning championships, right? Would he have seven and 200? I don't know, but he would be up there. So the the top five thing, I think you 100% can make the argument, John, just like Keith made it. I, I think you can make the argument that he's top three. When you look at a, when you look at a talent and accomplishment over the, the length that he did it, you could very easily put him up there with, you know, even though he doesn't have the championships as an Earnhardt or a Jimmy Johnson or a Petty, I think you can put him on that level just because of the number of races that he won across the multiple disciplines and the championships as fast as he did it. It's, we've never seen it before and we'll, I don't think we'll ever see it again. You know what I mean? So I could, I, you can make the argument. I, I don't, I, I never like to just cut it down to five and that's my kind of just cop out way of doing it. I just always have like a tier system, but to me, he's on that elite tier and that elite tier for me is, you know, however you want to structure it, whether you want to think of it like a pyramid or steps or whatever, right? He's, he's a level one. He's up there with Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, Petty, Earnhardt, Waltrip, right? Like he's at that level. That's where I consider him. He's an absolute 100% first ballot Hall of Famer, and he should be, you know, treated as such, right? We, no, no matter if you like the person or not. And I actually think him going to RCR is going to rehab his image in a way that is unthinkable. I think five years from now, people are going to look at Kyle Busch completely different than they did five years ago. I mean, just, we saw what happened at California. How many boos did you hear after he won that race, Keith? Because I was there. None. I heard none. None. Zero. I, well, I shouldn't say I was there. I was watching and I heard none. I wasn't there, but I was watching. I heard none. No, and usually when when Kyle Busch wins, you hear multiple, if not yes. hundreds of boos. Yes. And there wasn't one boo. Nope. And, and it makes you wonder why. I think it's, I think part of it's him being with RCR. I think part of it is also, I think we talked about this last year. I do think the, um, the show, the race for the championship and people getting to see behind the scenes with those guys. I think it showed 
a different version of Kyle Busch where people could actually see the human side of him, right? Where they could look at him and be like, oh, the dude isn't just a dick the whole time, right? Like he's not just an ass. He's actually a really good guy. He's just super competitive. Like his wife said, there's Kyle with the helmet on and there's Kyle with the helmet off, you know? And so I think that opens him up to a lot more people. Well, and and I've talked to a couple people that raced at the Tulsa shootout and Kyle was there and they were like, dude, he's the most humble person I've ever met. Yeah. Like you can go up and you, you can talk to him. I mean, would I add a NASCAR race? Probably not, because guess what? He's in his element. He's at his work. Yes, definitely. Have you you ever had somebody come bug you and bother you at at work or boo Mm -hmm. you at your job? Yeah, you're going to feed into it. You're going to give it right back to him. And that's what Kyle does. Yep. And and it's just, it it blew me away that after he won and he did, did his two bows that he always does, and there was like no boos. I'm like, whoa. Yep. This is weird. But I think we're gonna. I think we're seeing a new Kyle Busch, a new rejuvenated Kyle Busch, a non-dickish Kyle Busch. Yeah. And yeah. I think I said it two weeks ago, and this is where Richard Childress is going to come into play. He allows his guys to be his guys. I mean, look at Kevin Harvick. Mm-hmm. He went out and he he was a fighter. Yep. And then he he moves to Stuart Haas, and he he just puts his whole. I'm not going to say he wasn't a fighter at Stuart Haas, but it it wasn't as prevalent as it was when he was at Childress. He, he himself calmed down and a lot of it's got to do with kids. When you have kids, it calms you down. Oh, definitely. Makes you a calmer person and you're a little more patient with people. Yep, definitely. So, yeah, I uh, I do think, John, like I said, I think you can make the argument that he's top five. I I. I don't actually do that, but I do think that he is um, in that top tier. So, you know, it, it's really however you want to define that top five, you can do it. It's, you know, it's it's so subjective. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, you, if you guys, if you want to send us an email, ask us a question, like I said, anything racing or otherwise, uh, go right ahead. Um, our answers will probably not come from, you know, wisdom or knowledge, but they'll be entertaining either way. So that's going to do it all for this week. Uh, next week we'll have, next week we should have some more dirt action going on. The outlaws are heading back to Volusia this weekend. They got a Sunday, Monday show at Volusia, the sprint cars. And yeah, we're just a couple weeks away from dirt getting back into full swing. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm uh I'm really looking forward to the dirt season just, this year. Yeah, I'm excited to get dirt racing going, whether it's outlaws, all stars, USAC, yep. street stock. It. I'm just I'm get just ready it. to get, get it going. Yep, get dirt back on the track. I'm looking forward to it. So so yeah, we'll have some more dirt action this next week. But Keith, my man, enjoy your weekend. I will. Hopefully I can get these damn computers figured out and I probably yeah. won't, but I'm yeah, with, yeah. I hope <laughs> probably so what too. I'm going to be doing this weekend. <laughs> I got, got some stuff planned to, to get down around the house and stuff like that. So, yeah, so I you got have a good weekend too. Though. I will. I will. I'm planning on hopefully getting, uh, having a night where I can get eight hours of sleep. That would be, Oh my God, that'd be so incredible. 
What's oh, that? Dude. I, dude, I don't know, man, <laughs> but I'm hoping to get it this weekend. So we'll have to wait and see if I do. But that's going to do it for us this week, everybody. Thank you very much, as always, for joining us. Please make sure download, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Share the show. Get it out there. Give it to your friends, your family. Heck, give it to the people that you don't even like. All right, just get it out there. And, get it uh, to all of your racing buddies. That's right. All your racing friends, everybody. Just get it out there, and uh, you do that for us, and we'll be back next week to do it all over again. So keep my man. Have a good one. All of you out there, take care. Have a good day.